Welcome to It's a Nasty World, the podcast all about the video nasties and censored cinema. I am Ashley McNasty, here with my co-host, Elmo415. Hello, Elmo415 here on It's a Nasty World. And a quick disclaimer before we start, the following content contains themes of homophobia, uh, sexual assault, and some of the worst kink shaming I've ever seen in any movie ever and don't forget incest yes yes there will be uh, talk of uh, incest and violence and all sorts of things that make a movie turn come to be a video nasty you know exactly so you've been warned okay so we watched two movies uh this week as we normally do and so both with nightmare in the title we both from 1981 we have Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker, and Nightmare, or Nightmare and a Damaged Brain, as all video nasties have, like, um, eight different titles for it. So. Yeah, it's just like, whenever they got re- like, there's, like, usually, yeah, because we should uh, take a little time to talk about the concept of video nasties as a whole right here. Keep yeah. in mind, these were uh, horror films, uh, mostly from the 70s and 80s, that were banned in Great Britain. Uh so you legally could not sell or distribute these films uh, in England at all. And just like, okay, so there's a huge list. It, traditionally, it's been, was it like 72 films? It turns out it's actually much longer than that. Yeah, well, I think the uh, 72 were like, they, they had certain like... There like uh, three classifications of yeah, them. And that was like the initial, more popularized like initial list. But it's like, I think the actual list is like over 100 films. Oh yeah, there was, there was a lot of movies that were put on the list. So there's an interesting thing because a lot of these films are kind of like uh, lower budget you know, rather gory, schlocky horror films. Uh, a lot of times they'd have a title that went ran for their theatrical run, and then when it went out on video, the uh, VHS distributor would just change the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, I mean, maybe they changed the name when it came to a different country or whatever, but so, yeah, actually both of these movies have different names. Yeah, Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker, actually has another name, yeah, it's called Night Warning. Night Warning is another title of the movie. Yeah, and so, yeah, obviously, and then we have Nightmare or uh, Nightmare in a, Nightmares in a Damaged Mind. Yeah, yeah, or Nightmares in a Damaged Brain or brain, just, yeah, that's it. or, uh, or um, the uh, title Nightmare. Yeah, you so. know what, I'm just gonna say, I don't give a fuck about that movie's title because let's just start in uh we watched two movies one was bad one was good we're gonna start with the bad because that movie sucked ass and there's really not much to say about it uh yeah nightmare from 1981 (laughs) yeah this movie i would say the controversy is about 10 times more interesting than the movie itself i almost want to start off by talking about the controversy just because it's just a lot more interesting there's actually something to dig into there because there's the film the film is a big fat nothing yeah so the controversy with this movie it was a uh, video nasty and someone involved in the movie 
apparently got 18 months in jail for distributing the movie. So this was, um, I think this was the the only one. Yeah. Yeah. This was the only one where somebody actually did a substantial amount of jail time for the the video nasty. I believe it was the only time they actually were prosecuted and found guilty of it. Cause for the most part, I think what would happen, uh, if they found out that a film was being distributed, uh, that was on the list, it was a banned film. For the most part, the police would come to the shop owners and basically tell them you need to surrender these films over or stop selling them in some capacity otherwise we will bring prosecution upon you and usually promptly thereafter the historian is like yeah i'm not looking to get fucked up yeah i'm not looking to get arrested for over this yeah sure have the film whatever yeah and but yeah they went actually went after the uh, vhs distributor in the uk uh for this one because i guess for whatever reason they just uh were i think it was was it was over cutting one second of footage yeah apparently they wouldn't even cut one second of the movie to make it legal to distribute yeah because I, I guess I, cause, and to be fair i'm pretty sure i know what one second that was uh because the film start to be fair this film does start off very interesting with quite the bang starts off with a very loud scream jump scare and some hard gore. Yeah, very and it's gore. definitely that hard gore that uh, got it cut. Like, just, yeah, like, body parts all over a bed. And it's like, it looked, I mean, that effect actually really holds up, even from 1981. It's like, okay, you know, this is some good practical effects here. But that's kind of the highlight of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the first five seconds, essentially. Yeah, and before we go on our brief description of the movie, I gotta say, I think it's... The uh, controversy with Tom Savini. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that... Um, so, apparently, Tom Savini, the... the He's the effects artist uh, who's most famous for working with uh, George Romero. He worked on uh, both uh, Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead, several of other uh, George Romero's other films. Friday the 13th. Texas like, Chainsaw Massacre Part 2. Yeah, so he's... he's um, Tom Savini is definitely a legend in horror culture. And uh, apparently... They they put they put his name in the credits and apparently he was not really thrilled with that and claims to have had no involvement yeah, with the is, movie whatsoever. Yeah, he he has he has consistently denied that he had nothing to do with this. And uh, after we watched some material with uh, interviews from uh, uh, the cast and crew of the film, they basically have said they're uh, the guy who actually did the effects on the film said that no, Tom Savini was on set for one day. They had taken a picture of him. Uh, they had snapped a picture of him on set, and that was about it. Otherwise, he said, "Like, yeah, no, he he, that guy, he did all the effects of it." And I would figure by this point, if Tom Savini is saying he was had no involvement in this film, and the other guy said he did that, he personally did all the effects. Well, I think that's pretty cut and dry. Tom Savini had absolutely no involvement, and this was just to kind of, you know. Try to, you know, maybe juice it a little bit. And like, oh no, the uh, Don Dead guy's involved. Boom. Yeah, well, go see this movie. This is historically the first instance of clout chasing 
Clout Chasing started with Nightmare in a Damaged Brain in 1981. Clout Chasing was invented in 1981. Yeah, Clout Chasing was invented in 1981, and you're not going to say or do anything to change my mind about that. Exactly. Uh, Anything else you say is uh, counterfactual and completely false. Uh, Completely. You are just wrong. You are just objectively wrong. No, it is a plant by the deep state. Uh, It is (laughs) false. (laughs) Follow follow the follow the trail. Fall (laughs) Q. No, well, don't. <laughs> all right, so let's get to talking. So we so we can uh, keep this pushing. So let's talk about the few things that actually happened in this movie. So the first ten minutes of this movie are very promising. I mean, the, this guy wakes up screaming in bed with like he has uh, chopped up body parts, a severed head is like winking at him, like, and then he wakes up in a straitjacket and in a psych ward and. Yeah, so the very first 10 minutes are very promising and like it's very misleading because I was like when we were first watching this I was like I was like this is this is a this is very promising. I'm really looking forward to seeing yeah. what happens next cuz they kind of do two jump scares with this really loud scream of the guy kind of waking up uh kind of our main character waking up from a dream like this horrific dream he's having uh twice in pretty quick succession and they get you both times and yeah so it's like okay it, it doesn't feel like it's super cheap jump scare either it's like okay no this is legit it's like okay this is actually a legit jump scare cool it's like they're not just like being cheap and kind of like they do at the end of like a bad horror movie where they're just like oh we gotta throw in one last one because we're bad filmmakers <laughs> yeah and honestly the origin story of the killer is pretty lame <laughs> so he's a kid and he walks in and sees his parents participating in some super light bdsm and he freaks out he gets an axe and then cuts up his parents with an axe because he caught them because, because he caught his mom kinky. Top, yeah he, he caught he's like so aside you know what I need to go full ass like sicko mode on my parents because I found out my mom was topping my dad and like lightly slapping his face while he was blindfolded. It's like you know, like with his un- with by the way, both of them have their underwear on. It's yeah. like there's like there's actually like I don't think there's any nudity here. No, it's like, not at no, all. The dad is just like tied up, like not with leather restraints, just with like a little bit of white string, basically. And yeah, the mom is just like sitting on top of him, like lightly slapping his face. And then just sends this kid into a murderous rage. He's like, I'm upset that my parents have a great sex life. (laughs) Yeah. Like I need to fucking be an ax murderer now. It's like, and of course, by the way, they reveal this very early in the film. They don't yeah. even like leave this as a big reveal or anything. It, it's like it's it, the weirdest choice. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, and I think one thing about showing that at the beginning, it makes it when they go back to they show the full at the end. They end the movie with showing what happened and what transpired, like the full flashback, because they only show bits and pieces at first. Yeah, but. The thing is, is they make, they have all this buildup and suspense, but since you already know exactly what's going to happen because they showed it to you at the beginning of the movie, it stops being interesting. Like the second they start showing it, I'm like, okay, I'm, there's no suspense here because I already saw this kid cut up his parents at the beginning it's of true. the movie. Like they show, it's like, like, and when I say bits and pieces, they, they show substantial bits and pieces. A- enough that you can cl- very clearly figure out what's happening here. It's like, it doesn't, you know, doesn't take a genius or someone with, like, you know, 
degree in film studies to figure out, oh, no, this is a, yeah, I, I see exactly what's happening here. You left nothing to the imagination. And, yeah, that's, and I think it's like, okay, so that's pretty boring. And then shortly after that, they show some scenes of, uh, you know, kind of our main character, or a very troubled person, uh, walking through kind of the old gritty New York around, you know, 42nd Street with all the porno theaters and kind of, you know, going into one of those kind of like porno, I, I guess, you know, it's a strip, it technically is a strip club. It's like it was the one we used to have in San Francisco called the Lusty Lady. And for those who uh, had the unfortunate, um, who are unfortunate enough to have seen Boondock Saints, um, <laughs> it's not a good movie. Um, but uh, the, the strip club in that film where they have like a shutter kind of come up and then you get to see the dancer and then you know you gotta put more money otherwise the shutter will go back down and you won't be able to see anymore it's like okay those scenes were all kind of cool and interesting it's like oh yeah that's kind of a neat vision of the past doesn't exist anymore thanks giuliani yeah well uh r.i.p to the lusty lady i used to go there that place was amazing side note yeah seriously uh was it unionized worker owned yep and because of that all the other strip clubs in the uh, city basically kind of came together and kind of made sure they went out of business. Well, that's yeah. that's another topic for yeah. another time. And another podcast, probably. Yeah, but, we could probably <laughs> go be, on. That for... being said, that being said, it's only because there's really nothing to talk about in this film afterwards other than all of a sudden we go down to Florida now for some fucking reason. There's some people down in florida they don't make a clear connection as to who these people are in relation to our main character uh it seems to be some sort of family situation of some sort yeah like a mom going on she's like dating some guy who's got a boat who looks like tommy chong uh that's about it though it almost seemed like he had like I don't know, found a phone book and just found some address and decided, I think I'm going to drive to Florida and kill these people. And they, they don't, they don't put any connection between him and the family. There's, or if they do, it's so, it is so utterly unclear. It just like, this is where the film completely breaks down. There's like, I, I don't, there's method of storytelling is, I don't know that there is one watching it, people drive. It just yeah yeah no it's it's bad it's like it's like to the point where it's like no I'd rather watch like a much more entertaining bad film at this point like if I'm gonna watch like a bad horror movie I'd rather just like watch an Ed Wood film or watch like Manos the Hands of Fate which literally has a ten minute scene where just people driving in the very beginning and it's like just because <laughs> the fill out the time which I know is so much more entertaining than whatever this is it's just like yeah. this it, honestly if you're truly interested in this film. Uh, right now it's available on Tubi. Watch till the first commercial break on Tubi, then turn it off because nothing good's going to happen here. Or, you know, you can find tons of gore clips on YouTube. So just YouTube the the cool gory scenes from the movie because that is the only interesting part about this film. Yeah, there were a few cool kills, but the hour and a half of absolutely nothing to happen, absolutely nothing happening, just uh, doesn't make this experience worth it. Just... I don't know, no. just like YouTube death scenes from there, and then you could do what I've seen some YouTubers do. They make little gore compilations with death metal, and you know. I mean, basically, that's like, I mean, that's kind of a, that and the Forty Second Street shots and scenes are are the only real worthwhile part of this film. It's otherwise it, it commits the worst 
sin a movie can do, which is to be boring. Yeah, I feel like this movie is such a waste of breath. This we've only been into this 15 minutes and I already feel like we've talked about this too much. Oh, way too much. Okay, honestly, (laughs) enough of this film. We're just gonna, like, say right now, do not recommend. Just honestly, really don't waste your time with it. Okay. Don't waste your time. Moving on. Now to an insanely interesting movie. Yes, this is a very interesting movie. Butcher, Baker, Nightmare Maker, or a.k.a. Night Warning... And wow, this is, this is, there is a lot to unpack here. Um, I don't know where we should even start with this. Let's just say first off, all right, opening of the movie. Very strange. The movie opens immediately. The title (laughs) card, the title card, Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker, just immediately comes onto the screen. I have to pause and ask Elmo like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Is this like, because we just, wa- this is available on YouTube. We just watched it on YouTube and it was like, whoa, 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 is this like the whole thing? Did we like miss something in the beginning? Because the title card comes up so quickly. It's like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> it's just like, like, yeah. it's like, no, 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 this is the thing. That's, I've seen this before. It's like, this yeah. is how it starts. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it started the exact same way when I watched it on Shudder. I think, I think because it was on Shudder, it wasn't as abrupt because I think they had a couple of little like, movie companies or a couple little things flash before logos, it, but, maybe but that's but even then it just immediately yeah starts it just like, starts off with kind of the after school special font too yes the, oh no yeah the great like the great like early 80s like stephen king novel yeah no yeah and then this one like you noted this too this one starts off to a bang all right got little kid being left with his aunt while his mom and dad go off on a road trip immediately something has gone wrong their car has no brakes. They're, you know, uh, just swerving all around this, you know, this windy mountain road. And then... And then Final Destination 2, if you if you know about the infamous log scene, well, guess what? Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker did it first. And in my opinion, they did it better than Final Destination oh, 2. It's harrowing because, yeah, this... Yeah, basically, the the car loses control, runs into a large truck that has a big-ass pipe on the back of it, just obliterates the the dad who's driving his head, and then his mom is trying to basically, like, just realizes her husband just died, tries to reach over and regain control of the vehicle, and then just, like, careens off a cliff, which, to be fair, I found very, very funny. (laughs) Yeah, you were actually laughing at that scene for an awkward amount of time. (laughs) I don't know. For some reason, the way in which they did it just seemed very funny to me. It it did something. And then, of course, the car explodes at the bottom. That's what really set me into it. It's like, okay, and it explodes on top of that. So it's like, all right, this movie was like, okay, cool. All right, we got some good good action. Already a pretty decent kill. Okay. Yeah, so... And then, boom. Yeah, so... Starting with the incest. Yeah, so we have an ant and... And her nephew... Uh, yes, Aunt Cheryl and, and her nephew, Billy, who's been living with... What is it, like 14 years later? Yeah, yeah it's a, it goes to 14 years later, and we have this aunt who has a really creepy, unhealthy relationship towards her nephew. Oedipal! 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 <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's... Her affection towards him is very clearly 
bizarre and yeah. slightly sexual. Oh, it's very slightly. Oh, slightly. Yeah. Okay. No, very it's, sexual. It's, here's how the movie. No. Here's how it opens. Here's the the next scene that opens. Here is you see the our shirtless like seventeen year old protagonist Billy uh, in his bed as his aunt comes up over on top of him like kind of pawing and clawing at him while making like purring cat noises on top of him <laughs> yeah this is how it starts because okay at least the film is letting you know immediately what's up yeah <laughs> all right so and she is extremely jealous and controlling of him in every aspect of his life he um her uh the nephew is a he's a basketball player he's getting promised this big scholarship and he goes to his aunt his aunt and t and tells her that he's getting a basketball scholarship and instead of congratulating him or supporting him she yells at him and then slaps him so yeah cuz like no i it's uh, clearly it's like this is not yeah it's like okay she doesn't want this kid to leave the house yeah she's going to yeah. Keep him here for her nefarious purposes. And so now here's the interesting part. All right. And this is weird because this, this film doesn't really conform to kind of a typical horror subgenre. It, it, it's, it's pretty hard to exactly put your finger on what this is because it's not really a slasher, uh, even though there is a couple deaths in it. But it's... Yeah, yeah the more well yeah the marketing of it if you look at the cover if you watch the trailer you really think you're kind of in for kind of a you know friday to the 13th or black christmas kind of you know the killers and like the killers in the house kind of vibe but like but like the preview makes it looks like it's like oh instead of freddy krueger or jason look it's this sweet mom who's gonna kill everybody it's and... like incest mom incest aunt kind of like oh murderous incest like okay but that's not really exactly where they go with this basically uh tv repairman comes over uh fixes the television billy is out of the house at the time the aunt starts putting the moves on him trying to come on to him he rebuffs her. She's like, no, lady, get away. Yeah, get he away. is Whatever. not interested at all. He is she, just, yeah. nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Sorry. No interest whatsoever. Nope. Yeah, it's like, and she's like, you know, kind of dressed up, trying to like, look very alluring for him. He rebuffs her advances. She flies into a murderous rage and stabs him to death. Yes. And then. Just as Billy is like walking by the window, about to walk into the house. So he kind of sees some of the struggle. Yeah, but he's and, not clear entirely as to what has happened. Yeah, and she immediately uh, tells him that yes, he he was he was trying to rape me, so I was just defending myself, and that becomes you know that becomes the line of uh, defense for her actions. And then her neighbors stop in, and then they call the cops, and then we end up with the detective from hell, um, the guy who I don't know if you've. If you've seen those memes that say the straights are not okay, but this guy is the perfect... This detective is the perfect example of that meme, the straights are not okay. Yeah, seriously. So, this guy, yeah, it was a Detective Carlson. That's, uh, we're just calling the detective. But, yeah, so this guy is, like, I think truly the villain of the film. Mm -hmm. uh, because, it, yeah, this becomes very strange because it's no longer really... 
I mean, the ant certainly is a murderous and kind of villainous character within the film. Yeah. And, and definitely kind of like is supposed to be kind of like the slasher figure. But this guy kind of like the detective ends up assuming this much more like immediate villainous threat. And it's interesting, too, because, like, he's able to kind of sniff out some of the bullshit of the story by immediately disbelieving a rape uh, a rape accusation, which... Well, that didn't age thing, well. It, it definitely didn't age well, even though technically he was correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was... that was. Um, yeah, I don't think a movie would be made like that uh, here oh, in oh, 2021. At the same time, I would say the fact that he's such a shitbag and just, like, like, a horrible person... Like, they do not give you any sympathy towards this guy whatsoever in the beginning and so it's like even though it's like well we know she just like murdered a dude and then lied about it but it's like oh but then oh but i see like this guy's angle is so weird and like but it all comes from this like very you can tell it comes from this very hateful place and basically they do some digging and they find out that okay this tv repairman he was wearing a ring that has a couple initials engraved through the police work they figure out that uh, this he, man was gay, and he was married to the basketball coach. Well, it wasn't married, but married, but, it was but, ring, but, but let's yeah. be honest here. Like, it probably would have been married to the basketball coach at Billy's school. Yeah, and it's yeah, um, whose name I forget, but let's just call him Coach Steve for now. Um, <laughs> uh, no, uh, I forget. It's yeah. So, and it's great because the basketball coach, his he has a very. Uh, who is a major character in the film. Yeah. Uh, he's a, a, they give a very non-stereotypical uh, portrayal of a gay man at the time. And it goes for 1981. This is, you know, the beginning of, you know, Reagan's America. When, yeah. you know, like basically open homophobia is pretty yeah. much going to be mean, at an all-time high. Honestly, I feel like that movie kind of did gay, uh, gay character better than pretty much movies now like it's it's very rare that you just kind of see like in movies or tv just an unassuming gay character that you know that because i feel like even in movies and tv today it's like they always they always make this uh this big bright um big to do out of a gay man's personality and they always make it super flamboyant and you know kind of like kind of like oh i'm gonna join theater kind of they just kind of make this a random unassuming person and i never see even movies or tv do that or even or even if they're even if they're not doing the kind of like typical you know the stereotypical kind of flamboyant uh gay man if the character is gay that is the central part of their their of their characterization and personality yeah like in, in their this, identity yeah <laughs> and this i mean to be I, mean, I understand it's part of an identity but they make that the character's identity in oh the yeah that's that's exactly what yeah. i mean yeah, is yeah, yeah. that they is that like movies that's, that's t- like that is who they are yeah. they are gay and that is their personality yeah in this case yeah like the way he's portrayed is much more just like yeah he's he's a pretty much a fully rounded out fleshed out character who also happens to be gay and just like especially for the time you just don't get characters like that yeah and um and i'd say like you you don't even get characters like that often now i feel like this movie was way ahead of its time in that you know i mean there are certainly some things that didn't age well in the film of course you know as of all the video nasties but i would say that this was almost kind of ahead of even the times now in just you know in 
just kind of making it so where we can have gay characters just be you know just be regular people also and i think this is important though because this ends up it's not just the oh this guy happens to be gay but this is a central plot point of the film is that the detective uh who just like an incredibly bigoted detective you know kind of develops this tunnel vision towards this kind of this angle uh in the case is that he believes that oh this was like a love triangle lover's quarrel that yeah. in actuality, the uh, the basketball coach was also in a relationship with Billy, and that <laughs> Billy, because of course all gay men are pedophiles, um, <laughs> uh, um, according to this detective. <laughs> I mean, what him? I, mean, I thought that was true. Um, <laughs> I kid, I kid. Um, I'm trying not to get canceled here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I'm getting canceled over here. <laughs> I should do that all the time now. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, uh, so basically, you know, he, this is the theory that, he, uh, the detective develops and basically is, he is setting out to now prove this and to the detriment of any other evidence that will pop up in this case. And because Billy, and he basically thinks that the, that his aunt is covering for, you know, Billy allegedly, you know, m- being the one who murdered, uh, the TV repairman. Yeah, and another thing, too, is there's another detective that's actually gathering um, new evidence, shedding new light on the case, but this homophobic detective just continues to botch his own investigation and gets mad at the other detective when... When, you know, his whole, um, his weird, the, you know, the weird gay, gay quarrel theory that the homophobic detective has... You know, the it, new evidence starts contradicting it, and he just gets super mad at the other detective for showing him brand new evidence to yeah, for, the contrary. To interrupt his theory, basically. Yeah. Uh, he's, it's like, because there's so much, yeah, he's saying like, hey, no, I don't think this is true. They're like this kid, Billy, he's got a girlfriend. Yeah. And then. We just uh, got to talk about, I've been, I stand Julie, Julie the girlfriend so fucking hard in this movie because I basically just need her style and need her fashion because yeah, like she's a, just like Julie's the fucking queen and I'm glad she didn't die in this. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, there was a real chance of like, okay, if you fucking kill Julie, I'm going to be so fucking mad at this movie. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so the, the homophobic detective too. And it's just like, he is such a creep. He separately, uh, hounds Billy about asking him if he's gay and then you know in in a much more derogatory way oh yeah he he drops some f slurs yeah he drops some serious slurs and then he goes to he, Billy's he, girlfriend he, he and asks Julie yeah yeah to and asks how often that they are having sex and she just gets so she blows Justi- up at him justifiably so because very justifiably keep in mind this is a like grown ass detective uh, interrogating a minor about her sex life. In Super this... creepy. The straights are not okay. I would say what's interesting uh, about his character is that in this movie, um, you know, he's very villainous and it's it's almost like the monster, the true monster of this movie is homophobia. It, the true monster, you know, the, the true monster of this movie is is bigoted hate and yeah and you know there it's literally and you're watching it crumble a murder investigation and make 
everything worse for everybody. And it's true because this uh, eventually it's basically the uh, basketball coach is forced to resign because he gets outed. And uh, luckily, this is the nice part is that basically once Billy finds out that he you know is in fact gay, it's not something that he has a problem with. It's just he just more is like you know is it really true? It's like hey Billy, don't worry about it. And yeah, you know, and he defends him too. It's like not yeah. even saying that's that's not true. More saying that no, he's a good person. And yeah. like that's I think that's really where the film really begins to shine with its uh kind of like having this message to it without being too heavy handed about it. Yeah, I I like um I actually took um oh, I yo. took took note of this. So when the detective is bugging Billy and you know go like saying all these uh these these awful things about the um about the coach and attacking his sexuality he doesn't respond by saying oh I have in the notes his name's coach Landers coach Landers thank you coach okay so in cuz you know in a lot of 80s movies it'd be like hey my coach isn't gay he couldn't be gay no he says he responds to the detective saying that the coach is sick. He says, coach Landers is not sick. Now he doesn't say anything about coach Landers not being, you know, he doesn't say like, Oh no, he's not gay because you know, big trope of the 80, you know, in the eighties, it seemed like in the cinema world, um, at least, you know, I wouldn't say I wasn't a teenager in the eighties, but from watching movies, it just seemed like, like oh, well, even more of a cardinal sin uh, socially to um, to be a homosexual at that time. Oh no! I mean, actually, uh, remember? Uh, was it? I think it was last time we watched Monster Squad, and how the protagonists of that film basically called like started calling some of like the bullies fags, oh, and just geez. it was like it was really it was like whoa! And these are the protagonists of the film. Okay, we're supposed to be on your side. Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, in this case, it's like, and that's a film that came out, like, uh, I think in 89, too. So, it's like, you know, for this being, you know, almost 10 years earlier, it's, yeah, I, I think there is something to be said for this film. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, basically, the investigation kind of continues. Things build. Uh, they, uh there's an implication that got put out into the public that Billy might be gay and he has to deal with these, you know, basically homophobic accusations on himself in which we have the school bully played by one Mr. Bill Paxton in his first film role, which yeah. was like, oh, wait, because I thought, like, when we saw his name in the credits, I'm like, oh shit, that is Bill Paxton. I thought that guy looked like him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, now I want to like meet Bill Paxton and tell him how great he was in Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker just R- to watch him get really confused. R.I.P. Did he die? Oh, Bill Paxton died like a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, R.I.P. R- R- Bill Paxton. I did not know he passed away. Game over, man. Oh, man. I'll never be able to... Oh. You know that just is? made that just made what I said not funny anymore. Oh well, actually, it makes it very funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, back to the movie. Um, yeah, so I'm looking at my notes. Um, there's there's so much going on in this movie. I had to take a lot of notes. Now, to be fair, it can be a little bit hard to tra- kind of track the exact line of events, which I don't think this is. It's, I mean, that's kind of why we're recapping it in such detail right now. It's partially because. We just need to actually try and remember the movie because it's like it can kind of become. I guess one of the movie's flaws is, is that 
There are so many twists and turns throughout this film that it can become a little bit jumbled at times. That yeah. being said, like the core story and the performances are good enough that it kind of holds everything together, and you kind of need to know it's like, okay, what's going on next? What's what's going on here? And I guess then it's eventually revealed that you know, kind of the ant. There's there's definitely you know something's off about her, and she's yeah. she's kind of something creep. <laughs> something's up something not just she's a creep but something might be wrong in her head. Yeah, and it wasn't doesn't it turn out that there's like a hidden room in the house in which she yeah. has like the corpse of her lover kind of semi there's like a body and he she has his head preserved in a jar which I noted I'm pretty sure. The visual from that, they basically reused in Silence of the Lambs. And not mm. that the whole head in the jar thing is like a super, oh, oh, these guys have the copyright on it, but the visual of it looks so similar. It's like, okay, they definitely, let's say, people who saw, who made Silence of the Lambs definitely saw this movie and definitely decided, okay, let's replicate the head in the jar effect here. And yeah. Final Destination 2, Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker, did the log scene much better. Honestly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those, uh, honestly, the Final Destination movies are so fucking goofy. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, it's like, if you want a good laugh, go watch those. But, like, you know, if you want, like, an actually good horror movie, you know, watch something else. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you know it was an awesome character was, um, there was that, um, the neighbor couple. Oh, was it? What, what was her was, name? Uh, Midge? Was Midge or Margie? Margie! Margie. There we go. Yeah, yeah, Margie. Yeah, Margie is just super fearless, is such a super fearless character oh, because- throughout. And I love how at the beginning when, um, when they're, when, when after the cable man guy gets killed and they're interrogating, I love how she just mouths off to the cops hella nonchalantly. Oh, that's right, yeah, Margie's fucking ACAB. Yeah, <laughs> she already seems like, get out of here, pig. And Yeah, it's great, because it's, it's so much more than you think that character is going to be, because typically she's just kind of like the busybody neighbor who's coming by to like, you know, oh, and maybe like, you yeah, know. And she's yeah. kind of nosy, you wouldn't yeah. expect that from like the nosy white, Neighbor. Yeah, right, exactly. But it's like, no, she's mouthing off against the cops. And then later on in the film, as the more sketchy-ass stuff comes in, and she kind of begins to suspect that uh, there's something up with her so-called friend, you know, Aunt Cheryl. And, you know, she actually starts doing some sleuthing and investigating, you know, when she knows that her life is actually in very much, is very much in danger being in the house. Uh, and... I think eventually she does get it, but yeah, Margie is a real one. Yeah, I she mean, goes. Margie she, is about that life. Yeah, she 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 goes out. She goes out. Uh, she does not go out, bitch made. She goes out fucking like a king. Yeah, I mean <laughs> like a machete fucking... to the stomach. That was that was a savage kill. And, uh, yeah, I, I was sad that Margie went. I, I wanted sa- Margie to live. No, it's true. I was sad that she went, but the way, but at least the way she went was badass. Yeah. And it's like, okay. And, and, and went yeah, out yeah. very just generally fearless. Like even, even as things were getting perilous and it was starting to become more and more, more dangerous. I think she was so concerned with making sure that Billy was safe and that, yeah. that everyone was safe, that she was, she really put herself on the line. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Cause at this point in the film, we're skipping over a few details, but whatever it, it's, it's kind of go watch the movie. That's yeah, just, yeah. just watch the movie. Watch it's the movie. A this is worth watching, but it's eventually the aunt decides like, no, no, no. She starts drugging Billy and like, we're going full incest here. All right. And I think she reveals that she's Billy's real mom through some weird plot contrivance. Um, yeah. but it's like, okay, it basically doesn't even matter. At least to the larger 
film. I don't think it does. But because it's like, okay, weird incestuous family member. Like, it doesn't really matter if she's the aunt or the mom at this point. She's it's like, still you know, creepy and she's, disgusting. Yeah, she's still creepy. It's still creepy and uncomfortable as hell. But she's going like full on. No, you're going in the special baby room in the attic now. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like she decorates it like this little kid room is his new room. And it's like, oh God, we're going like, she's going about to go fall on. That's when, yeah, Marge, the neighbor starts, you know, doing some real sleuthing. And then, you know, Julie comes back in and Julie starts going like, Julie is like going like sicko mode in this. Yeah, you know, she's going, Julie scraps it out with the ant. Like, yeah, like straight up fighting. Like, yeah, that was because, definitely, there was definitely, um, there was definitely a very different feel about this movie. Like, there's no, there's not really like, you know, that it's almost like Billy was the was almost like the final girl or something, and like he was like, I would say more like Billy almost takes on this. For, at least for a portion of the ending, he takes on this damsel in distress. Damsel in distress. Yeah, and, and Julie kind of takes. Girl, yeah, 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 and Julie kind of becomes like this, almost like, oh no, she's got to be the one to actually do the action and save this, you know, and save this kid because you know obviously the cops are going to do shit. You know, it's like, and yeah. you know, I got to save my boyfriend with this. This is kind of like you know, and you know, she. Like they do a whole like the big action sequence of the film actually is between Julie and the ant where they go through this huge kind of chase scene outside. Yeah, uh, and they and, like, throw hands in the swamp. Yeah, They're throwing storming hands in rain the... and yeah, she... and, like it, it legitimately makes you wonder. Too, I mean, I was actually like seriously like, okay, is Julie gonna die? Is she gonna get it? I mean, it's like, and I was yeah. like, I was so yeah. I, like they didn't make Julie be like you know keep tripping and falling on her face like they yeah. always do with they especially do this with women in slasher movies like like oh look she's gonna trip and fall in no she just keeps going and when the ant catches up. She's throw. They're throwing hands like they don't. You know, yeah, they're yeah. just. It was. Yeah. It was. A, it was a really good fight scene too. Yeah. Just no, to, that was legit. And yeah, eventually they come back. Uh, was it? And I love this too. That yeah, Billy has to finally confront his aunt, and you know he believes that he has killed her. Of course, she gets back up for one last hurrah. But in between that, he calls up. Uh, was it Coach Landers? Yeah. And you know, it's like he like actually asks him for help because like he's the only guy in his life that he like kind of trusts and kind of has been this father figure for him. And it's like there was kind of this very touching moment. And yeah, it, it was it was you know I don't know it, it was very interesting. Yeah, and he really Coach Landers is like the only normal person in this movie. That's that's why I keep saying the straights are not yeah. okay. It's like he's literally the only normal person in this movie, which is like very unusual for the eighties. Exactly. You know, if you've seen movies like Monster Squad or Sixteen Candles, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. And so also from that, because the straights are not okay, my head canon Julie is also trans, so <laughs> that way like that way she qualifies. Oh, she's not with them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's just like a fucking trans queen <laughs> yeah well this movie i actually i how i discovered this movie is uh you can stream this on shutter so if you have a shutter account you can watch butcher baker nightmare maker on shutter or it's also streaming on youtube for free so and the quality is pretty good on youtube so yeah and um yeah and if you have a shutter account i actually found this in the queer horror and i looked at the cover and i read the plot and i was like 
what would make this queer horror? I don't like, you know, if you look at like yeah, the, the trailer, the plot, just you're like, like the one sentence plot description, it doesn't really give you a whole lot. Just more, it more goes with the incest angle, kind of like. Yeah, I'm like, I was like, what, what is this? What, what, what does this have to do? What, what makes this a queer movie? Yeah. I actually clicked on it and I watched it and I was really pleasantly surprised by this movie. Like, you know, even though some of the uh, slurs are very unnerving, you know, yeah, it's true. It's yeah, like, if that's some of it, it's true. It's like, yeah, it, you know, it's, it might be a little upsetting for you because, yeah, the detective yeah, I, really goes hard with the slurs. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was... In some of the scenes. It's like, he's, yeah, really yeah, going I, after the characters. It, it was, yeah, it was, it's, I, w- I will say that it's very uncomfortable, but it is necessary to the storyline and also really kind of, um, really kind of shows you how terror, it really is a portrait of how evil and horrible homophobia actually really is. And yeah. I really got to congratulate the movie for... You yeah. know, villainizing homophobia like it needs yes. to be. You know, it's, especially back then, it yeah. really like no one was doing that. You know, yeah, this movie seriously. was ahead of its time, and yeah, it's, in some ways ahead of our time. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, it doesn't. I mean, the film feels you know, very relevant now as much as it would then. And 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 to be fair, with all the uh, use of like you know the uh, slurs in the film, it's it doesn't feel like it's being gratuitous about it, even though it is uncomfortable. It's, yeah. yeah, it's 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 it d- goes to serve the plot and help to characterize uh, this villain of the film in a way that's like no, this is his defining characteristic, basically. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, yeah, how does this finally end? So it basically, ends with the uh, uh, the corrupt detective eventually shows back up at the house. Um, I think the police have been called. Coach Landers is there, and the detective finally is like he seems to be kind of going off the rails, and he's. Uh, I think is he threatening? I think right. he was, he was, he's threatening. Was it Landers or Billy for basically murdering his aunt? And yeah, even though it was clearly a self defense thing, and somehow Billy was able to get a gun, and he basically just straight up shoots and murders the detective. <laughs> I was so happy when he got sh- when you watch this movie and you see that detective get killed. I, the first time I watched, I was like, "Yes!" No, it was great. I was like, I was like, if anybody in this movie needs to die, it is this homophobic piece of shit that yeah. oh my god i want to put his face into a blender and shred it like this guy oh, is yeah. so hateable they make him so hateable and then he just like goes at totally bitch made <laughs> <laughs> and, and but i love the ending of this film too because the film just kind of ends and then caption titles come up like billy was found innocent after being declared uh, and the murder after uh de- like I forget it was like it being uh, for temporary insanity while you know during the killing because that's totally how killing a police officer would go. Um, <laughs> yeah, in, but, uh, if this was based on a true story, he would have like already gotten the electric chair. Yeah, pretty especially much. Especially in the eighties, <laughs> this gay man killed an officer of the law. You know, just it'd be like totally that kind of thing. But to be, it's like. Yeah, I, I do love it when they just end with a like caption tower call. He was found innocent by a jury. It's like after being declared uh, temporary ins- temporarily insane. Boom, the end. <laughs> yeah, that's just how the movie ends, and yeah, yeah. Th- it really does like the uh, the beginning credits and the the, the ending, ending caption. caption yeah. Really, it really seems like one of those '80s like '80s movies where they're like. 
this is this is a story of somebody who got into some trouble and then it went sideways and they give you a long description of yeah. like what happened to the kid after he got involved in like I don't know gangs or crimes yeah. or it's something. It's almost like that. What's, what's the the meme of like? It's like that meme where it's like they have that Who song playing. The Yup, that's me. Yeah, it's it's almost to that level. It's yeah, and they clearly didn't have quite enough material to actually like pad this movie out enough to give it like a real ending that being said this movie is insanely entertaining i think there actually is something to really be gained from it yeah uh, i i i give this movie a 10 out of 10 like um you know if we we wouldn't have if we were just reviewing the other movie we wouldn't have a show but this movie is is great i mean we should probably i think we should start wrapping this up but honestly it's like there's so much to unpack from this movie that the last thing I'm going to say about this movie is please watch it. I mean, if you're triggered by some of the um, the slurs in it and can't view it, that is totally understandable. But if you think you can handle it, please I, watch this yeah, movie. I'd please say, watch it. I'd say power through if you can power through it because you know this guy's going to fucking get it in the end. Yes. <laughs> And, yeah, uh, plug your ears, go la 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 as you're like kind of moving your uh, fingers in and out of your ears during some uncomfortable scenes, but otherwise just power through it. It's worth it. It's yeah. worth it. And um, yeah. yeah, I think, uh, yeah, till next time, stay nasty. Stay nasty. Video nasty, a 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 video nasty. Video nasty, you cannot rent this. Your VHS been deemed offensive. Smuggling flicks like we hustling bricks. Your video stole, got the plug for the shit. The DDP won't let it be. You might get arrested for what you see. Might go to jail with a couple of late fees. Movies and sales could drive you crazy. At least that's what they said. Films like absurd and faces of death. So many films, Google the rest. The covers themselves got the senses upset. Can cinema kill? It's hard to imagine. Time to take a look and examine. A video nasty. It's about to get ghastly. A video nasty, 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 a video nasty.